Imagine me and you. I do. It's true. On the Harland Highway. Me and you. Yeah, me and you here on the Harland Highway today. Well, it's not just me and you today. Uh, Today's show, we have a third. Oh, my God. It's a trifecta. Uh, I have a very special guest today, all show, all uh, podcast long. We're going to be talking to comedian, actor, funny man, uh, Court McCowan. Court has been on the uh, podcast before, and uh, he's a buddy of mine who uh, I work with, do stand-up comedy with, and uh, insightful guy who knows what's going to come out of his mouth. We're going to talk about girls, we're going to talk about wars, we're going to talk about Living, laughing, learning, and lemonade. Okay, not lemonade. Right here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? (laughs) I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Harland Highway. What a treat. What a tasty, chocolatey treat it is to have you here. And uh, especially today. It's just a giant. It's like a double treat today because uh, we have a returning guest to the Harland Highway. We've had him on before. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He's an actor. He's very, very handsome, mm. and uh, you ladies especially are just going to go nuts, How, even though you can't see him. Just his voice is going to drive you nuts. Let me uh, introduce my buddy, my comedian friend, Court McCowan. Is that you? Hi, Harland. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Hi, Harland. <laughs> Did I say handsome or creepy? What was that for? Like, Isn't that the same thing, though? Yeah, really? I guess you're right. It really is. Is this, yeah, That's a good way to open the show. Is is uh, handsome and creepy the same thing? Yeah, because everyone thinks you got an ulterior motive. You know, yeah. everyone thinks any guy that's like a good-looking guy is basically out just to get in your pants and could care less about what's on the inside. And is that true? Or oh, hundred percent true. But I just—it's just—I hate the assumption, you know. Now I gotta you—you you have Court actually is a very good-looking guy, and since he brought it up, and I'm kind of a mediocre-looking guy. Is oh, there you're a difference? A, you're is, a handsome man. I'm Harley. not. I'm not classic good. Like you got chiseled features. You got the hair. You got. You, he's a good-looking guy. Look him up online. We're gonna give out his <laughs> his info later, but. Is is it just, is it easier to get girls? Do you think? Like you, you probably have an easy time meeting girls. And I mean, I I have I have a, I mean, sometimes yes. Sometimes yeah. it's it's always the the initial. I think sometimes is a little bit probably a little bit easier. But I also think that in the back of girls' minds, like I don't, you know, I'm older now, so I don't go after twenty two year olds and twenty five year olds. Uh, what was did something just land in your eye? Was yeah, that a piece know. of dust? Yeah, or? it was. It's very dusty. It's in the, like in one, the, in one the of highway his eyes garage here. Physically, like shot. I think it's called a wing. Where <laughs> I come from, but I don't go for the twenty-two, 
25 year olds <laughs> but i think it you know when they're younger it's it's a little bit easier because they're not really looking for the long term you know they're just not for looking, fun they're looking to have a good time maybe have a boyfriend for a few months and see where it goes but i think as you get older you know i i, I mean i'm definitely looking for you know the long term you know you and i've been friends a long time i yeah. think we both we're both kind of over the one night one nighters did you just? Did you? <laughs> no, there was just a weird silence right there. Yeah, it, was all, it was awkward. Yeah, that was weird. That was it was like awkward. A, <laughs> awkward. Um, now, do you find as you get older, though, because a lot of times the girls like a guy that's you know getting getting a little older, like you know thirties, forties. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, I guess. Do you I, find there's like more girls attracted to you now than before? Like as you're as you're getting a little older, or no? I don't know, man. I, I I have no game and no radar about that stuff. Just it's just kind of been a constant playing field for you. No, <laughs> you make me sound like Richard Gere from American. No, Gigolo. no, I don't mean like that. No, but no, I just I, mean you haven't noticed a spike because no. some, some men I I know guys that go, dude. Since I've gotten older, since I got a little silver in my hair, it's like the girls are like hitting on me like crazy well, now I, that I'm I think, older. I think the minute you get a girlfriend or get married, then they hit on you like crazy. Yeah, what what's that all about? I think it's the, the you're you're a basically I don't know, I think it's it's like the creepiness goes away because now you're no longer looking at them oh, lustfully. Yeah. You know, you're so just, they're not intimid- they're not like freaked out by you. They think you're a wholesome guy cuz you're married. Yeah, and then they're ready to go. Huh. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this: what's what's your personal meter for for dating? Like, uh, what out of ten is your cutoff? Like, on a scale of one to ten, will you will you date someone below a five, or like, wh- wh- where's your meter? I don't really have a meter. I mean, I think really? I, I think it's like I think everybody has. Um, I think there's something you're attracted to about a girl. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a physical type that you're kind of attracted to. I don't think it's it's one certain thing, but I think, you know, I think everybody it's we're animals. Yeah, you know, we're I think primal. we're animals. Yeah, we're animals, and I think there's things you're attract. You know, there's something you're attracted to. Yeah, and and I don't know exactly what it is with me, but I know, I know when I meet someone if I'm attracted to them or not. So know? let's say you're you're an eye guy. You like blue eyes, right. almond shaped. Yeah, but they're on a like a chubby girl. Are you still attracted because of the eyes, or are you going to take a pass because of the chub chub um yeah well i'm not an eye guy yeah i'm more an anti-chub chub <laughs> yeah, so so there there is a meter oh, there is a meter yeah. yeah yeah but i think it's because i'm like i'm so skinny yeah you know i mean it's like i'm not like in shape skinny i'm just skinny yeah you, you, you know you're I, not... my whole family everybody we're all you know bordering on anorexic looking lord people. Not really. Is this a, was that a cry for help right there? A little bit. A little should bit. I send like a food package or? No, I think you should just put me up at the Harlan Highway Garage for six to eight months and the, see how it works out. It, I, I, I like just... to refer to it as a studio, not a garage. There's yeah. my my superiors upstairs would probably get really mad at me if I, I if they I knew my guests were calling their beautiful studio a garage. I, I don't mean it like that. I just mean well, it's a highway, so I just kind of think of a car pulling into the but. Besides that, and I think yeah. it'd be great, great to be here. I mean, you know, I come in and you're just you're just eating Hagen Dazs right out of the car, right out of the carton. <laughs> Offer me any? No, I but did. Just, 
I well, said I'd offer you some, but I'm eating it right out of the carton, so I well, I don't want to give you fungus. That's, well, that's like saying, here, would you like a bite of this apple after I've licked it? You know, it's like yeah, you're licking yeah. the apple, and you go, you sure you don't want some of the apple? Yeah, well, yeah. but I did, creepy enough, I actually did offer you some. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. that's just me being polite. So what's a, what's a huge red flag for guys in the dating world? Like a guy like you, you're out dating. You're going out on a first, second date with a with a beautiful girl. There's obviously been an attraction because you asked her out. What's what's like a red flag where on the first or second date you're like, okay, whoa, 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 I, I got to rethink this. They talk a lot about their ex boyfriends. Oh, isn't that the worst, That's dude? The worst. That's the worst. That is the worst. It's like, I don't want to hear about some douche you used to date. Yeah, you know? they tell you like all these, oh, me and so and so were here, me and so and so uh, were there. Isn't that the worst? It's the worst. I mean, I'm sure you've run into it. It's like oh, you, I, have. It's, I have. It's just like you get into that. They're in a conversation, and and somehow the conversation keeps leading back to her, you know, the, her abuse from her ex boyfriend or whatever, yeah. whatever the situation. And you're just whoa. Like, did we date the same girl? Yeah, it's just sounding very possible. familiar, man. She kept saying my ex boyfriend H, and I kept going whoa. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> me. God, no. But I, I, it's isn't it weird to like be around like some girl and like you're hearing about the ex boyfriend, and then you're just kind of going, look, this girl needs six months, eight months, a year out of that because you know she's going back to this guy yeah yeah she's She's not not over over, the guy she's not over the guy and what she also doesn't realize and i find that it diminishes the relationship you're trying to have because you know when you start with someone new on some level you like to feel like it's a fresh new thing you know and when they start recounting all their memories with their boyfriend, you start to it starts to feel stale. It starts to feel like an old used car. You're, you yeah. you don't want to know about all the great things she did with other men. You, even though you know you're not the only guy she's ever had, you kind of want to feel special in that way. Like, I'm the only guy she's been to the beach with. I'm the only guy she went skiing with. But suddenly there, there's a list of other guys, and yeah. it's not so special all of a sudden. I know. It's no fun. And the worst one of all, dude, tell me if this has ever happened to you. When they go, yeah, my old boyfriend, Brian, I mean, God, he was the love of my life. Like, Uh, where do you go? Once they tell you that this other guy was the love of their life, which is a huge statement, at what point do you have a chance of becoming the love of their life? When you roofie them at at your house. (laughs) Wow. Good answer. Scary scary answer but yeah it's it's like it's such a letdown when they say that i stuff. i have a real i have a real issue with the with the ex-boyfriend stuff yeah you know i i don't know it's just maybe that's just me but it, it, i anytime a girl is like talking about her ex-boyfriend or if you're with them and you and you know you can kind of like i don't know i think you can pick up on it fairly early yeah seeing yeah. someone you know that they kind of you know they're not really they're not really opening up very much because you know they're just they're just you know healing from the last thing and it's just like that's just better to get away yeah you're just wasting your time yeah and and the other bad thing is when when you're into the relationship and they're still corresponding with the ex-boyfriend oh i'm out and you know that they're like every now and then you overhear them on a phone call or or they say oh i was uh I was climbing Mount Everest, and you'll never guess who I bumped into up at the top. <laughs> yeah. Like the most obscure places, 
They just happen to be there, and you're like, really? You just randomly ran into your old boyfriend at this, uh, uh, you know, obscure spot? Nice try. Yeah. Wow. Wow, listen to us. Are we bitter? No, we're not bitter. I think it's good. I think think it's good for men to share their... They're pet peeves about this stuff. It's 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 good info. And maybe if there's girls listening, maybe they, they, they can either go two ways. They can go, oh, these guys are just insecure. Or they can go, gee, maybe they're right. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be offering all this information. Because I'll tell you what, it works the other way. Have you ever been with a girl and you start blabbing about an ex-girlfriend and the girl goes, uh, I really don't want to hear about you and Sandy. Yeah, I've been pretty good about not mention. I, I kind of like leave that out. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to talk about. I don't like. To, I mean, I, I guess we're men too. So to, if we're sitting and talking about past relationships, we're probably little whiny bitches anyway, and not worthy of it. No, well, I, I got to tell you a funny story, and it's not a name droppy thing, but it just it just made it made, makes me laugh even today when I okay. recount it, and and I'm just thinking of it because of what we're talking about. Back in the day, my my ex-girlfriend was best friends with Jennifer Aniston, and she lived with her. So I used to go up. I was at Jennifer's house, like, all the time. And uh, I was there during the years when, when she started dating this guy named Tate Donovan. Oh, yeah. Who's an actor. That. Yeah. And so we hung out all the time. We go to dinner, and we did social things, and we hung out at the house. And Tate used to go out with Sandra Bullock. Yes. Back in the day, yeah. before she was married and when she was still younger. And he would bring her up just about everywhere we went, but he called her Sandy. And we'd be at dinner, and he'd go, oh, yeah, I remember when me and Sandy used to. And and I was the guy that would look over at Jennifer and just be like, did he just say that? And she'd just be kind of staring and and I noticed it more and more and more the more we hung out, and I I I I, I, I couldn't believe Jennifer didn't just punch him in the face. I think it was, was so weird. Well, she was that was I remember that time. I remember when she was dating him. Yeah, and that was like just when Friends had been on for a few seasons. Yeah, and her it was confidence. Up. Yeah, her confidence level probably wasn't quite there yet. She hadn't dropped all the extra little, you know, the extra weight. I don't know, dude. She looked damn hot. No, no, to she me. looked hot as hell. But I mean, the Brad Pitt years was when she. I mean, and, and now, I yeah. mean, now she's absolutely. I think one of the most yeah, beautiful, beautiful women I've ever seen. I saw oh, her. Wow. Yeah, she's I was hot. at. I go to that uh, every year. I go to that before the Oscars party. That party Saturday night at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes. Which is a great party. It's yeah. like they always say the Golden Globes is the best party, but this party's like, it's for the uh, Actors Fund. So okay. it's for people, you know, when you retire or people that need help that are in Screen Actors Guild, they right. they donate all this money. Okay, and it's like every everybody you can possibly imagine at the Beverly Hills, Hills Hotel. Yeah, and there's no awards. There's no there's no press. There's no interviews. It's just open bar and wow. massive party. And gifts, so oh, wow. even more reason to go, right? Yeah, right. And it's like every year, like I think one year I walked in, it was like Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Those ta- were gifts. No, we're talking. Oh. We're like talking to Martin Scorsese in a court. You know that okay. that kind of that kind of stuff. So it was wow. good. But Jennifer Aniston, I saw last year, and I was just like, holy crap! Yeah, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Beautiful woman. But going back to the times when she was dating tate donovan yeah we roll back to back in the day she wasn't quite 
I don't want to say the, she wasn't as hot as she is now. Yeah, she uh, well, I mean, to me, she was. But I think I think she was also finding herself, finding yeah. her confidence, finding her stardom. Which is right. something that takes a lot of adjusting to. Absolutely. And uh, but but as as I say, it's funny that Tate would always drop Sandy's name. It's 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 just that he called her Sandy, which on top of everything else, is kind of like a a, a pet nickname. Like instead of yeah. saying Sandra, he's still calling her. Sandy. Why is he bringing her name up in front of Jennifer Aniston? I mean, I Jennifer know. Aniston, was... Sandra Bullock. I'm not finding the comparison to be very. Uh, I, I'm I'm a, I'm leaning towards Jennifer Aniston on that one. I know. Although Sandra Bullock, very beautiful girl. Beautiful, but just the fact that he would bring it up in in front of her just now. Uh, now let's ask this question. Yeah. Who is Tate dating now? I don't know exactly. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. I don't. Know I'm sure what... he's a very successful and wonderful guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a, time, he was a nice guy. We don't talk bad about people in Harlem no, Highway. No, we, we don't. No but, need for that. But we will say that at this point in time, Jennifer Aniston, huge star. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock, huge star. Sandy. Yeah. Sandy. Yeah. Uh, Tate Donovan. Don't really see much Tate. Yeah, these days he's he's kind of one of these working character 100%. actor guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Irish mm-hmm. guy, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's move on to something else. You know, right now, somewhere in the world, someone is being crushed or falling to their death. How does that make you feel? And it could be in India. It could be a kid falling off an elephant. It could be a construction worker in New Jersey being. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm laughing about it as hard as you are. I'm just, just the look on your face. You're like, what is this question? I mean, where is this? I mean, I see you have some things typed out there. Oh, yeah, I got a whole list. You could you could X that off there. No, I mean, what do you think? Isn't it weird to think that we're just sitting here talking? Well, it's also. And right now, someone's being crushed to death by so, some uh, rocks falling on them. Or, and someone's having beautiful a lovemaking session with a 21-year-old supermodel, too. Right, right now. now, I know. Right Isn't now. it weird? It's going on. One Isn't guy's dying and one guy's creating. Isn't that you know, wild? All at the same time. It's, it's I always find that fascinating that, like, right now, just, I mean, it's already gone. Uh, probably uh, on the planet, uh, probably about four million orgasms just happened. Ooh. And now probably another four million just now. And now Another only three. Now, now only three. Three. Only, only three, three that only time. Three. Yeah. They're tired. Um, you know, that's a good thing is I don't think about that stuff. I know, but that's why I had to ask you. And I'm going to just put it right back out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to picture all the orgasms. And no, no. I don't want to picture all the deaths. Crushed. The orgasms I'm okay with. I yeah. mean, who doesn't watch porn? What but, if a guy's yeah. getting crushed as he's having an orgasm? Does that make you feel that's okay? A good, that's a better way to go. Like maybe he's having sex with a large person. No, no. Let's not go there. Why you got to go there? Why couldn't he be having sex with a 21-year-old supermodel? And the ceiling fan comes down and just lops his head off. <laughs> See, there you now. That's romantic. You know, as he as he hurls his head back in ecstasy, the ceiling fan comes down out of the ceiling and just lops his head off. That's why I shop at Lowe's. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now you mentioned creating life, and let me ask you this: Does it bother you personally that babies are born bald? I mean, would you rather that they were born hairy? Well, I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but that that uh, animal Snooky had a baby. 
And that thing's already got hair on its back. <laughs> what? She had a kid? She had a Snooky? kid. Harry. No way. Yeah. Is it really? It's Harry. Like like a like a, an Armenian soccer player or yeah, something? Like, yeah. It's like wow. Harry. Really? Yeah. I don't know where I saw someone someone sent me something that's like oh, her God. wheeling this hairball out of the hospital. Oh, really? Like yeah. oh, I mean, like back hair? I bet Imagine got, a baby with I bet back it's, hair. I bet it's got back hair and like you already <laughs> got to cut its toenails, you know. <laughs> it. it. What's its name? Like Snacky or something? I like Wookie? What what's its I don't know. Snooky and Wookie. It's some it's probably like salami or <laughs> if it's if it's hairy, Wookie would make sense. Wookie would be Snooky good. and Wookie. Yeah. That would be sweet. That would be nice. Little it? little maybe Ewok. Snooky Ewok-y. and Ewoky. Yeah. Jersey Shore Ewok. Oh God. Ewoks. Is that isn't that the song? I think it is, Harlan. I From the it cartoon? It, uh, sure. Did you ever watch it? No. Remember that song? Ewoks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not a big pot smoker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch over, because as I okay. said, Court is a, is a great stand-up comedian. You, you've been doing stand-up for how many years now? Uh, eleven years. Eleven years. He's worked in Vegas. He's worked all over the country. I mean, and still not famous. Well, you, you know, it's it's a I'm tough, ra- yeah, yeah. it's a tough racket, and you got to work at it, and uh, the, you just keep uh, persevering. Yes, and, of uh, course. But my question to you is, because you you you've been in it, you've been around it, you've even booked a few rooms. Where is the world of comedy headed, and what's different from, let's say, even five years ago? Would you say? Well, I think now. I mean, there is a there has been a big switch in it, and um, I think it's it's gotten a little more corporate. Yeah, you know, I think that you've got these places like Comedy Central, you know, that now have you know a few people that make decisions yeah. about who's hot. Right, right, and um, and they really push those people, which that's their prerogative to do. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. if they find someone that they really like, you know, they really push them you know, push them to the forefront and really, you you know, do a lot with them. And I find that, you know, my favorites, you know, I, I have my favorites. Yeah. You know, I, I have my favorites. And, yeah. and I think we all have our favorites. Yeah. But I, I really go back to the thing that like comedy is stand up comedy is very much like music. You know, there's, you know, like in music, there's rap, there's country, there's not no one is better or or, you know, no one is better than the other country right. isn't better than rap pop isn't better than country or whatever but i don't necessarily there's certain kinds of music that i'm not a fan of right but that doesn't make them not good right it's yeah. flavors right and i, I feel the same way about comedy i feel like there's people out there that are successful in comedy that i don't really necessarily have a taste for but people do but people yeah. do so i've got to take you know, that was the one thing about when I did the show in Vegas. You know, I, yeah. I booked that show in Vegas for yeah. like nine years. Yeah. And it's like, and I had to take my, you know, I had to, I had to stop b- just booking people that I liked. Sure. It's and a I business. Had, you yeah, gotta I had, yeah, I had to book, book people. the people that people like. Yeah. And so, and, and, I, and I started finding that, like, you know what, at the end of the day, most comedians are pretty good people. Yeah, good. They really are. Most comedians are pretty darn good people, you know, at the end of the day. So, well, that's good. Yay. Yay. But know. what about the digital era? Do you think did you think that the digital era, the internet, 
uh, guys doing their own specials now and stuff. Is that changing, do you think? I know oh, I we kind of talked a lot about more. that the other day a little bit. I think a lot more. I think you're going to see, like, I mean, it used to be Comedy Central used to do, you know, live at Gotham, and then you got a half-hour Comedy Central yeah. show, Premium Blend or whatever it was, and yeah. then you did then you did an hour special. And I think everyone was kind of at the mercy of them or if you got like an HBO hour. Yeah. But now people are making their own specials. Yeah. And they're yeah. selling them to Showtime or or selling them to, you know, different different areas. Netflix different out- and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Netflix, different outlooks. Look what Louis C.K. and Bill Burr have done with their one hours. What did they do? They Just well, so people who don't know can. Well, Louis C.K. took his own money, yeah. made his own one hour special. Produced it, wrote it, directed it, edited it, did everything really? all on yeah. his own. And then instead of giving it to somebody else, he put it on his website as a nine ninety nine download. Wow. So you went on his website for I think no not five ninety nine or something like yeah, something yeah. really And didn't he make like like a, a two million dollars? Ninety nine cents. I can't remember. It was like ridiculously low price. Yeah. And what he did was and he you know, he he made all his money back. You know, the cool thing about him is he took a huge chunk of the profits and he paid off. He paid a bunch of people that like gave them money that had helped him. That oh, helped is that him. right? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't he didn't, know that. He didn't, he didn't nice. take it all and put it in his pocket. Yeah. He, he spread it he around. He spread the money out to everybody. Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. he, it did really well, didn't it? I think oh, it I heard it made like a million dollars in the first like week or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I so I think you see people doing that more often. I think Bill Burr, was it Bill Burr? I think somebody else did the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to do it. Yeah, I like that. It gives, it, it lets the artists, what, what people don't know about stand-up comedy, a lot of these specials that we do are at the mercy of the producers, at the mercy of the editors. And yeah. the, I've, I've, done, I've done specials where they've actually clipped off the punchline. Where the, wow, where, have you really? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've gotten final product where I'm going, where's the setup? Where's the punchline? Like, they've, uh, they've cut out crucial pieces to the bit, and they don't really understand the bit. And, and, and uh, uh, they also own your material at that point, too, right? Yeah, yeah. They also own it. So, yeah, so they you, own it. They own it in that in that format. They own right. it within that DVD, and they can promote it and use it. But they don't outright own it uh, in perpetuity. You know no, what I mean? But you can't take that DVD and go to your shows and sell that show at your. You can't sell that DVD at your shows without giving them a percentage of that. It, it depends on the deal you structure with them. Oh. How it usually works is you have to buy the DVD from them so they sell yeah. it to you at cost plus a little bump exactly so they make some money so, yeah so they're yeah. getting a percentage of it right yeah but yeah but that's, the, that's the new wave you were discussing is like it sounds like people you know artists are going to be able to get their stuff more directly more purely to consumers and fans and uh comedy junkies and not have to deal with all the other stuff in the equation, yeah, which is I mean, nice. That's that's what Pearl Jam's done with their concerts. You know, is that they, right? Yeah, yeah, Pearl Jam went in and said, you know, we're tired of everybody getting, you know, we sell a, a ticket for 70, you know, they're selling tickets for $75 and we're getting, you know, $18 of that. Yeah. And and it's like, and it's ridiculous because we're, they're like, we're okay getting the $18. We're just not fine with them getting 57 yeah, yeah, of that's those right. dollars. I know. You know it's, it's, it's like, horrible. because that's like ridiculous. So they went... And, you know, they do their own, they kind of do their own things. And, and uh, Louis C.K. just did that with his tour. You know, he just sold his right? tour strictly online. Really? So, yeah, so instead of going through a broker, 
You right. know, he did it through his own, you know, instead of everyone else making money, you know, he cut the ticket price way down. So now That's instead great. of spending $75 for a Louis C.K. show, yeah. you know, you're spending, you know, 45 or whatever. That's so great. I, I like this new direction, and uh, I, I hope it spreads. And uh, really, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, more than even the money and the profits, it's about artists being able to uh, get their, their purest vision out. And oh, I mean, look, I mean, you know, we keep going back to Louis C.K., but look at his show, you know, Louis. Yeah, right. I mean, here's a, here's a guy who did a show for HBO called Lucky Louis. Yeah. Which was not my favorite show I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it didn't do well. It, no, it, it only well. lasted and a it was, season. It was like a weird kind of sitcom yeah. kind of type show, and I'm sure that wasn't his vision no, of a show. but they stuffed his vision into a familiar format that, that didn't right. work. And so he took so they so FX comes to him and says, you know, we want we'd like to do a show. And he says, all right, what's the least amount of money you can give me so that I can you can't touch my show. Great. So he writes the show, directs it, edits just like you do here on your Pro Tools and everything. Yeah. Edits it at home and then hands them a finished product that they can't touch. That's great. And and look at this. It's like one like a bunch of awards. People show. love yeah. the show. It's dark. It's dark, but that's that's Louis. They're, they're that's, getting what they paid go. for. Exactly. And uh, that you know that's that's art. And I I love that. It, it's like you know famous artists like Degas and Dali and all these people. Nobody stood there and made the brush strokes for them. These guys made the brush strokes themselves and created masterpieces. And, and buddy, and you should you should be out. You should fill the pool with fudge, and you should just come out and and you know just dance around your pool. And wrap you know wrap stuff around and just shoot your own show as you swim through fudge in the Hollywood Hills. The chocolate fudge <laughs> water show. I yeah. love it. I you love know, it, dude. You just I'm going to do you that. Just dip little honeys in in fudge and just have them lay around and they're just like hard candy all around your pool. Why am I feeling like Louis C.K. made millions off of what he did? And if I did that, I'd make about seven dollars. I'd probably be in the hole for all the melted chocolate. But every comic would be lined up down the street to be a part of your show. They would. <laughs> Who doesn't like chocolate-soaked hotties, right? Yeah. Um, here's a quickie. This is just a yes or no answer. All right. Do nuns, when behind closed doors, sometimes pretend they're penguins? 100%. Correct. Let's Not always behind. On. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. It's a little waddle. What is the beauty of golf? This guy, this guy right here is an avid golfer, and it's a game that I tried. I was frustrated at. Maybe I missed something. Tell the listeners, what's the beauty of golf? Ooh, so much. So much. Um, one is uh, the serenity of it. Yeah, the, the you know? openness. The... Yeah, I mean, you know, we li- most people live, you know, I live in a city that's, you know, it's fast-paced. It's 11 million people. 11 million people. And um, it's nice to, you know, it's 730 in the morning to go stand in, in a park, yeah. you know, more or less, you know, and it's peaceful yeah. and, and be with your buddies and, you know, fire up a cigar and and play 18 holes of golf and and have a laugh, the camaraderie and um, and just the Zen of it. And it's probably the hardest sport I've ever played in my life. Really? And um and it's just the greatest when you're when you have a great day it's you know it's the best it's the best well it's an amazing point cuz when you think of it some of the most beautifully landscaped and natural environments across the country are golf courses 100%. i mean you know you drop like 
you know, thousands of acres of, of pristine land into the middle of a, a bustling city. And, and it's like suddenly you can just walk into it and you, no one else is really allowed on it. You, you're alone on that hole until you finish putting. So right. I, I get what you're saying. In a, in, a, in a crowded environment, it really is like this little pocket of fresh air. And that, that is nice. Yeah, I, it's, like, it's like a surfer out in the ocean with, with really just a, few, just a few buddies. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's just you and the surf. It's just you and the golf course. And it's... And it's just the serenity, and um, it's just zen-like. It's so funny, too, because I've heard many people say golf is like the hardest sport. And when at the end of the day you think about hitting a small little ball into a little hole, which takes a lot of skill and finesse, it's funny to hear people say that golf is the hardest sport. I mean, there's no real physical contact. Um, it's kind of a slow-moving sport, but but I get it. it it's technically... It 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 takes such a skill set to be able to and narrow is, in on that hole. And it is actually to be really good at it now is become much more of a physical sport. Oh really? So, what yeah, do you mean? Well, it's just that you know they've lengthened these golf courses. They're they're longer. You know the way equipment's changed, and it's like yeah. You know it, it's a you know you look at the guys that that are the best of the best, the PGA Tour guys. They're all athletes. There's yeah, no right. you know there's no kind of you know overweight lazy dailies yeah you know yeah john daly i mean you know john daly's even in way better shape than he ever was is that right oh yeah i mean yeah you look at these guys they're all they're all gym rats and they're all you know they all work out every day didn't tiger kind of set the bar for that wasn't he the guy that kind of started the weight lifting and training he he was he, he kind of was the guy that was in the most pristine shape but i have friends that have been uh that have been on tour longer than he has, and they were already guys oh, really? that were working out. Yeah, so he wasn't. He was the one that it got the most attention for. Yeah, but right. there were a lot of guys already kind of doing weight training and and doing stuff before him. But he got the most attention because he was, you know, arguably the best golfer in the world for many many years. Because you always, I mean, I always picture just golfers and bowlers and dart throwers. I thought, wow, what an easy life. They probably. You know, they probably are on their couch eating Pringles right up to game time, but not the case. I'm, I mean, obviously, they're they're training, they're focused. I mean, look at me. I've got to get in my racquetball games, you know. Yes. Oh, my God. Me and Court are, are play some very competitive racquetball. He's the champ. I can't sit here say he isn't. He, he kills me out of – we've probably played 40 games. I think I've won three. One more than that, but it not is, much more between but, three and six is I'd say six is maybe the top. But I used to play a lot when I was in college and you didn't. Right. And you right. picked it up over the last year. Yeah. And you're a good racquetball player and you give me a good game and I never let up for a second. No, so I, I love I, it. I will never. I will never. It's hilarious. Like, just let a ball go by. No, no, even if if we play like four games back to back. He will not let up, even like if he knows, like oh, I've already won three. I'll slow down. Not at all. He not just keeps going and going. And I love that because I hate free points. I'm one of those guys. Even if 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 like there's an argument, oh, did the ball hit the floor or whatever? I don't like getting free points because then I don't feel like I won. And I won't give them to you. And you, you won't know, give them to me. Well it, it's great. It's great. But then you set me up for the big fall yesterday. When when there's the guy out there that's oh. the professional racquetball player, 
Oh my God! Yeah, there's a there's a buddy where we play who's uh, he's he's a pro. He's in the pros, and as good as as you or I combined could ever be, this guy's like a notch above. And he's like Court stepped in to play with notches. him, yeah. and this guy literally sh- hits the ball so hard when it bounces off the wall, it's misshaped, it's changed from a uh, circle to an oval. That you pick the ball up, it's warm in your hand because he's put so much. Uh, stress on the ball. Do you think that's why? Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> he does have those baggy shorts. He does have those baggy shorts. <laughs> wait a minute. What? <laughs> and every now and then, just you know, there's just a ball in the corner and it's warm. I don't know what that is, Harlan. It's creepy. The kid's good, I, I think I'm going to switch to golf. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's a battle out there. And speaking about this, is like a weird hypothetical question, but I, I thought it might lead to an interesting answer. If you could have fought in any war, a, a modern war or uh, an old war, which war would it have been? It's a very, very kind of esoteric question, but it's it's interesting to see. I know. think it would have been Grenada. The invasion, <laughs> the invasion of Grenada. <laughs> Very the quick, tropical island. Uh, very quick. Very quick. <laughs> painless. Answer. Not a shot fired. <laughs> you know. Palm trees. Palm trees. I think they Girls just landed and, and everybody goes, okay, it's over. <laughs> I think Grenada. That is the best answer I ever. Wow. I, I See, I didn't expect that. I did not see that answer coming. I, I actually forgot about that war, yeah, but you're a right. A lot of people have, and that's why I'd like to be in that one. <laughs> I think Grenada. And what would you have been in that war? Like, what would your position have been? I would have been a radio guy. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I would, no, no, like the armed services radio yeah, guy. Like yeah. I would have been going, and eh, tonight we have, you know, just to keep the guy's morale like up. Like the good morning Vietnam yeah, guy. Yeah, the good morning Vietnam guy. But it would only would have been a one-day gig because there it are. Was, it, was it was only over. a day, right? It was only a day. So I would have, like, gone on the air, played a few records, and it would have been over. And then I would have gone home and retired a, a war veteran. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. You would have been like a decorated war veteran yeah. from one day of war. Yeah. That's the only way. That to is do a it. good war. That you, is a you, good. You if you're going to do it, because I am very anti-war. I don't. Or, um, you know what's cool is even after the war, you could say, you know what? This place is beautiful. I think I'm going to stay for two weeks and vacation. Not well, many yeah. wars you do that. Like guys don't do their time in Iraq or Afghanistan. Say, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to go back to the U.S. just yet. I think I'll stay and go camping in those mountains and look for goats. Yeah. But Grenada? Come on. Hanging out for a while. Bring by me the, a pina by, colada. By the pool at the W. Oh, know? God, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good if war. If you stay three nights, you get an extra night free. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that war was on Groupon. Like you could go on Groupon and type I know in ex- war. I know Expedia. Did, did they no, Expedia, cover it? Yeah, Expedia covered it. Oh, God. Orbitz didn't have the same deal as Expedia did, but it oh. was a good one to go on. Oh, that's a, that was a good war. That was a good war package deal. Now, what about, did you have, what, what one did you have in mind? You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I never thought of, of thinking of like the least amount of war. And I guess, God, they're all horrific. And for some reason, my mind gravitates towards. Vietnam, and I know that war was horrible, but I think there's something about the hardship of it, the the, the jungle, the nature, the just the complete uh, horror of that war. I don't know why I would be gravitating towards that war, but 
I, I guess something about lurking around in a jungle and hiding under leaves and having to be stealthy and may, maybe because it was such a horrible war, you, you know, maybe psychological. I'm going, well, what's the war that I would have to push myself the most, you know, and try and overcome. But again, just horrible. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at it like Civil War, not good medical. You know, no, if you got shot, they just cut it off. They just cut it off. They just yeah. cut it off. I mean, World War One just kind of just kind of went in and got shot at, you know, World War Two. Not bad if you were like in, you know, London or Paris or, you know, someplace. Yeah, you don't want to be at Normandy. No, you, you can go to a museum on your day off, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But I think, um, you know, in Korea, mm, not really. A, you know, Korea is yeah. not my favorite place. Been there. Not a great. Is place. that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Vietnam. Okay. I mean, got, it'd be got, hellish, but I don't know. You know. I, I, I don't even... It's a, That's why I asked the question. It's such a weird one, but your answer could not... I, that it couldn't have been better. We have to give you an award for that. Yeah. Um, speaking of violence, if you could punch any rock star in the face, first we'll go with males. Who would you punch in the face? Any rock star through the ages. Who's a rock star? You just... Probably Jim Morrison, like, like snap out of it oh really great yeah. answer you know like another great answer yeah. wow yeah like snap out of it dude. so not an anger punch but it's like dude stop the boozing stop the heroin boom you know, you're you're you got a lot you got a you know it's kind of great like answer i mean i i read his biography you yeah. know and um and I actually met the guy that wrote his biography. The, the Lizard King one? Uh, Daniel Sugarman, who wrote, um, Danny Sugarman, who wrote um, No One Here Gets Out Alive. Yeah, that's the one. I read that, yeah, too. What a book. A, what a great book. And, oh. and really a lot of people that were really close to him. You know, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was a fictional or that exaggerated of a, of a biography. Yeah. And, um, and I think you had a guy that I think in the end was a lot of self-pity. And yeah. a lot of, you know, woe is me and I'm so famous and, you know. Right, and, right. You know, and I think, you know, and I think it's just like, you know, snap the fuck out of it, dude. Yeah. You got, you're a, you're a very gifted person. Yeah, he you was. Have, you have a, a lot to, you have a lot to go forward. You don't have to be the lead singer of The Doors yeah. the rest of your life. You know, you can do other projects and other things and do your poetry and do what you're, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, snap out of it. Same thing with Janis Joplin. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? It's that bad. So would she be your female choice to punch? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think because I, I look back at like. What about Wilson Phillips? You got to want to punch all three of them. In a very different way. <laughs> okay, sorry, I interrupted you. You look back and... But I look back at what, like, is today, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, we still have, we had a lot of Beatles music, you know, I mean, you yeah. look at music, our history of music, because when I, I love music, yeah, and, yeah. and there's so little music that I, new music that I really care for today. Yeah, it's very uh, boardroomish co yeah. corporate music. Yeah, I mean, every now, I mean, like, there's bands like the Black Keys or, you know, uh, certain bands that I, I really, really dig, you know. But nobody like Jim Morrison has come along since Jim Morrison. No. I mean, people have vaguely, uh, you know, touched the outskirts of what he did, but, but uh, you know, to, to have the essence of a poet and a, a tortured soul and a guy who could write lyrics and then 
put them to kind of quirky music, but it still was commercial, yeah. yet it was indie. I mean, what what a it's like you said, the guy still had so much to offer, but nobody since him has even come close to no. that recipe. No, and I think um, you know, I mean, I think the closest you've probably come to that and not comparing the two because they're very different yeah. is Axel Rose, who definitely needs a huge punch. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, just a punch. Not yeah. not snap out of it, just punch him. He he's needs just, to be he's punched because he can be a little bitchy and whiny. Yeah, yeah, and it's like because here again, you've got a band that was, oh, my God. Did you ever see Guns N' Roses? I didn't see them live, but it's almost like I didn't need to because their presence – they exuded such a strong presence and energy that just encapsulated the, the heartbeat of rock and roll yeah. that I get exactly what you're saying. Like, no band since them has really, you know, opened up the vein and let the blood of rock and roll just flow, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw Guns N' Roses a few times, and one of, the, one of the last times I saw them was when they opened for the Stones wow. at the Coliseum. And What year was that? Ooh, like r- roughly, was it that nineties, the eighties, eighty nine, ninety? Wow! So that's when they were in their prime. Yeah, eighty nine, ninety. Oh God, that must have been amazing. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. Wow! And um, and that was shortly before they split up. You yeah, because you got to realize they've been split up for a long time. I know now. it's sad. You know, and Slash, an amazing musician, and you know, and and you know, through the years they had, you know. I mean, Duffy played, you know, ended up playing drums. You know, you yeah. had you know, all these guys, Duff, and, and, and all these great members of a great band. And and now, like, I mean, you know, it's just like Axl Rose. It's like he was so good when he was pure, but, yeah, but he's but he still didn't embody what a Janis Joplin or a Jim Morrison, you know, no. embodied. And, and, and you look at, like, the history of music when you're looking at stuff like, like Led Zeppelin. Oh, Led Zeppelin, God. what a band. Oh, you know, God. what a Again, band. Again, another band that nobody's come close to imitating. Not even close, it's you know. It's amazing. Yeah. And, then, and now you've got, you know, and then you had, like, the Beatles or you have, you know. But now, even still, like, Paul McCartney kind of carries that tradition a bit still to this day. I mean, yeah. you can still hear, you know, that great thing. I mean, imagine sure. if you could go... And here, even though he would be much older, it's still the guy. Imagine if you could go hear L.A. Woman, you oh, know, God, yeah. you know, Morrison, you know. Yeah. Imagine what he would have created over the last you know, know. 40 years. It drives me nuts. Yeah. You know, he was so good. He, yeah. Imagine. And that's why I always say, like, yeah, that guy needed to be punched. Yeah, good, great answer, man. I, w- I was actually expecting more of a comical answer, and I, I, I'm just so happy you – you gave a more insightful answer. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it, but it, it just led to a great conversation, and and I totally agree. I mean, I'm a huge Morrison fan, oh, and diehard, yeah. And uh, you're right. It's just. It, it. I wish we we we. You know, let's let me go back to the comedy thing we talked about, where guys like Louis C.K. and yeah. Bill Burr, and and hopefully me and you and every other comedian are getting kind of a chance to knock down the corporate walls a little bit and follow right. our own artistic path. And hopefully in the music world, uh, this also takes place so that we, we can get a chance to have a reemergence of people or bands like Zeppelin or The Doors or Jim Morrison and people that just don't fit into the corporate structure nowadays get a chance to shine. That'd be great. It's it's hard. I mean, there's a few bands out there now. I mean, you know, if if you want to listen to a great band right now that kind of breaks that mold is like fits in the tantrums. 
Oh, really? Fits in the champs. It's like an old 60s British soul. And, but but they're young guys? Um, they're not young, young guys, but they're a f- new band. It's they, a new band. New, they've okay. been around out of about, the U.K.? No, they're out of here. They're out of Los Angeles. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Fit Michael Fitzpatrick said. What's old, one of old, their hit songs? Um, oh, my God. All right. Like, what's uh, a, Money Grabbers. Uh, Money what's grab- a, is that a song you like? That's a song I like. Money Grabbers is a song I like. Um, I'm going to try and find it and drop it in right here to the podcast. Because, so, to be honest, I don't know them. But, you know, knowing that you love Morrison and stuff like that and you're endorsing these guys, I'm I'm excited to see... Uh, what they sound like. So Money Grabbers. Money Grabbers is a good one. Rich Girls is another good one. Um, and then they, well, I think one of their singles they released was called Breaking the Chains of Love. Interesting. And what's the name of the band? It's Fitz, F-I-T-Z, Fitz and the Tantrums. Fitz and Tantrums. And their album's called Picking Up the Pieces. All right, I'm going to And they've played like Coachella, and they've played, I mean, they've, they've been on, uh, I think they were on The Tonight Show. I mean, they're they're making their way. They're not the they're not huge yet, yeah. But I think they will be because it's a it's a sound that is it's just different. I like see, I love that. Like they have an organ and and you know yeah. and they and they have a, a girl that sings uh, you know this girl that sings kind of she's soul very soul singing you know right. girl that that sings with him and blends um, it in. Oh, it's just it's so really fun. all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, look around see if I can find uh, some of. Uh, some of their music and we'll we'll drop it in right here
We've been talking with Court McCowan. God, we covered a lot of good ground today, Court. Um, as I said, Court's a comedian, an actor, and uh, he's uh, very active on the Internet doing things. Is there anything you want to plug, You anything uh, you want uh, people to I think know just, about? Just go on, go on Twitter. I think I put yeah. everything up on Twitter and Facebook. It's uh, at Court McCowan, C-O-R-T-M-C-C-O-W-N. Yep. And you can go on there, and you know we'll have our our racquetball interactions between there. Ooh, on don't a, don't tell Harlan them any scores, please. No, no, no. Okay. Um, fifteen, wow. thirteen, fifteen, thirteen. Um, You're giving me double digits. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll you take that. Digits. Thank you. Had, you I'll double digits. You heard them. Fifteen, thirteen. I'll take it. Oh, you've had game. I remember a game we played once where I was up like thirteen to six or something and you came all the way back and won the game there's only one game that i can really beam about because as i said i've only beat them probably six times one day i don't know what it was i was on fire and i beat him 15 zero yes i beat him 50 now believe me he's beat me 15 zero many times no but i don't think i've ever beat you 15 zero i think you have i don't think so well if not 15 one but but for now that's me, happened <laughs> Either you were really off that day or I was just doing something right that day. And I, I almost couldn't believe it. But I think I was doing something right that day. I had, you ever play a sport or golf or whatever, yeah. and you, you just walk out and you go, I'm on it today. I, I just feel it. I, I know it's coming. It's it's flowing through me. That day when we played racquetball, it's like I walked in there and it's like I almost knew I was going to beat you. I didn't think I'd beat you at that number, but but I I thought I thought I'm gonna win today, so and, that was that was a and heavenly how that, moment. Has that for... feeling happened since much? <sighs> Not so much. Okay. Yeah. That Next was question. What, um, well, um, that's like, sadly we have to end, so on, we have that. To end on that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Even even on a podcast, he beats me. <laughs> <laughs> Harlan, you're my favorite, though, buddy, and, and I can't thank you enough for having me on here, and uh, I'm going to go swim in your pool. Yeah, we're going to go cool off because, uh, you know, we talk so much, we sweat, and uh, it's great to have you, buddy. Uh, Courts, this is his second visit to the podcast. We'll have him on again soon. And uh, Court McCowan, check out his, uh, his Twitter address he left. And uh, it's been great having you, buddy. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Mr. Fudgemaster. (laughs) All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for being here on the Harland Highway. And as always, until next time, chicken chow mein, baby.